Hi everyone, I'm Katrina Perea, and this is Notes from the Loft. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, I know it looks like I'm going way off my usual route here, but it's exactly what's happening. <laughs> um, well, mostly because I wasn't able to come up with an episode this week I was I told my best friend this um, I almost had my mindset on not putting out uh, an episode today because right now I am neck deep in anxiety it's cruel sometimes the way some people have to suffer from these things I, I talked about healing and how it's not really a destination or something that you receive because it's just not how it works. And I'm speaking based on the way I've seen it play out in my own life. It doesn't wipe out the feelings in one clean sweep. It doesn't keep them away for good. It just enables you to have a healthier stance for when the feelings show up again. And here I am now having to face the feelings because they have shown up again. And I thought of sharing how I navigate this situation as it happens. Because it's in these moments where I feel the most need to be understood and to not feel alone. And if you're still listening to this, I imagine that you resonate with this on some level. I'm not sharing this because I found the answers to questions like how do you stop this feeling or how do I feel better right away or why do I have to feel this way or why do bad things happen to good people and things like that. <laughs> I'm sharing this because I've learned that we are allowed to feel these emotions and I learned that when we acknowledge that these emotions are part of our experience here as humans. It makes way for the right questions to come up. Questions like, why are we feeling this way? And what is this teaching me? Again, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to claim to have the answers, at least to those questions as they play out in your life. My answers are likely to differ from yours, but I will say this. These emotions, they come bearing gifts. Gifts in the form of... Gifts in the form of knowledge about myself and yourself and therefore about the rest of humanity. Because we're not really all that different. Through these moments of discomfort, I've learned to be more compassionate and kind to myself or at least to try to be more compassionate and kind to myself and therefore to extend that same compassion and kindness to the people around me to the people in my life it turns out as I lean in towards what I'm going through I learn that people aren't inherently mean or negative or lazy or drama queens, or whatever undesirable adjective we tend to impose on certain people. Before, those 
adjectives or before their titles of husband, wife, father, mother, lover, best friend, president. They are human first and they come with however old they are, that many years worth of baggage, trauma, lessons that cause them to think, talk, behave, act, even love the way they do. This is, of course, in no way intended to excuse harmful behavior. If anything, I think it just helps us to make more informed decisions as to how we respond to them. Because it is so easy to respond with hate and bias and resentment when we aren't as aware as we should be about the human condition. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because, like I said in my at the start of this episode, I'm in a funk once again today. I have been this past week, actually, and it's the reason I'm recording this at 5.48 p.m., <laughs> just a couple of hours away from when I initially intended to put out an episode. But as much as I hate having to do this over and over, I sat with the discomfort. I sat with the feelings. And it had this to say. I was procrastinating, obviously. Turns out procrastination has been one of the one of the coping mechanisms that I've come up with. When I find myself in these feelings, my tendency is to not want to subject myself to further discomfort. And so I would I would lean more towards things that can somehow get me out of my feelings. Uh, and that's exactly what I've been doing. So yeah, that's how I made sense of why I procrastinate. It's not healthy, but it's my system's way of protecting me from feelings that I've been trying to avoid. I was doing it because I was running away, or at least I was trying to run away from this elephant that's in the room. This week was particularly hard because my father's birthday was coming up. Actually, it's today. Today is my father's birthday. And as sad as it already is that we're not there to celebrate it with him, because um, he's in Kuwait, and the other half of our family, we're here in the Philippines. So aside from that, I have this even more profound sense of sadness that he's getting old. And yet, here I am still grappling with certain emotions that I wish would just go away in a snap. Because truth is, when I found out that I have anxiety and borderline depression, I felt rage. I was angry. Because at that point, I knew what caused it. I don't want to go into detail, but I was mad. Because in my mind, this condition wasn't my fault. But now the responsibility of dealing with this, of healing this thing, is now all mine to bear. Now, to, to give context, I was raised in a household where emotions weren't welcome. And it didn't help that it was a household where expectations hovered around our heads. Or was it just me? 
I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't speak for my other, I can't speak for my siblings. Nonetheless, as a child, I didn't know better than to keep fulfilling those expectations, to keep bagging achievements, and basically to keep working for the approval of those whose love and attention meant the world to me. Needless to say, I grew up an overachiever. I wore busy like a badge of honor. I aimed to please people like my life depended on it. Eventually, at 29, it took its toll on me and I burned out. There's something about finding out that the life you were expected to live and tried to live for almost the entirety of your existence was not the one you were supposed to live. That just breaks you. What broke my heart even more was the feeling that it was too late. That I could have lived the life that I wanted for myself all along. But that fact was just... It felt like it was hidden from me. It was just too heavy and too painful. It didn't matter if it was intentional or not. I was just angry. And this is what I've since been trying to heal from, for the most part. And this is why I feel an immense sadness on this day. Because it's my father's birthday and I have yet to shake these feelings off. But I miss him. Not only his presence, but the bond and the closeness that we used to share when I was a kid. The bond and the closeness that I was suddenly reminded of when I learned of the tragedy that took the lives of Kobe and Gigi and the other people in that helicopter. I mentioned in previous episodes that Kobe's passing got me in a real contemplative mood. And right at the top of the pile of things I was mulling over, I, I thought of my father a lot. I find it kind of funny and strange and almost cruel that life has a way of making you shift your thoughts on certain things by using sobering events like tragedies and such. But anyway, Kobe's passing affected me in a lot of ways. You can say Kobe's relationship with Gianna was something I resonated with on so many different levels. See, my father taught me how to play basketball. He would show me what he knew about handles and shooting and passing. It's a whole thing. We would spend afternoons playing ball just outside of our flat. And to this day, it's still up there among the highlights of my childhood. My father and I were like nemeses. I read a story that Kobe told of his daughter about when they were playing Candyland when Gianna was three. And he said he won the game and Gianna didn't take it so well and knocked over the board. That story reminded me of my father when we would play Winning Eleven on PlayStation. Sometimes I didn't take losing so well, and I would end the game losing more on purpose. And looking back, I could have said the exact same thing that Kobe said. Like he said, the kids like me, because my father would also be visibly mad at losing to me. I could have said, I'm just like my old man. And as you can tell, I went on a binge of Kobe's videos and some of the videos that really got me were videos of him being affectionate with his daughters, with Gigi. I was never affectionate with my father. A big part of it was because he wouldn't let me. Um, he seemed uncomfortable receiving love that way. He had a certain aloofness and awkwardness and general discomfort about expressing his love 
Now that I think about it, I think I grew up the same way. But anyway, he showed love more through making sure that we had food to eat on the table and through making it a point to get us something like a gift for doing so well at school. But as uncomfortable and sometimes distant as he was, one thing that always stood out for me, even if he probably didn't want to show it, was his joy whenever he'd play basketball or PlayStation with me. I stumbled upon this video of Kobe talking about Gianna and how she was the one voice to continue his legacy. Let me just play it back. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does for sure. She does? Like, I, I don't, I mean, this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The, be, the best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oi, I got this. You know, boy for that, I got Seeing that video, my heart sank because that was me. And not only because I wanted to be a WNBA player. I really did, yeah. I um, played for our school team back in, in, in Jabria. And I really believed that I was en route to becoming a WNBA player one day. Until my parents had to pull me out of the team because I was getting even skinnier than I already was before joining the team. And looking back, I, th I guess that was the first time that I've come face to face with heartbreak. I literally told my parents while throwing a fit on the floor of our kitchen at our home, I was saying, you're robbing me of my dream. This is unfair. Of course, I was saying it in Tagalog, like, Pangarap ko yun eh. Wala na yung pangarap ko. And I was distraught. I was genuinely distraught. And then fast forward to a lot of years later. This was after I flew back to Kuwait after graduation. I found myself in the living room with my father. And he was channel surfing. We were watching TV and a WNBA game came on. And out of the blue, he said, In English, that means that could have been you. And that's all I have to say about that. But anyway, I'm reminded of this other instance where I felt the urge to say, I got this. What do you need a boy for? I got this. Although I think I would have said that with a different emotion then, but it's, it was the same sentiment. I mean, right before our first brother was born, and we still didn't know what Carlo was going to be. Prior to that, there were, only, there were already three of us girls. And... Um, Obviously, my parents were shooting for a boy at the time. And my father was very vocal about wanting a son. So bad. And I remember reading to him something that we tackled at class one day. And it went something like, daughters are as good as sons. 
I'm not entirely sure why I felt the urge to say that, but I do remember the feeling when I said it. I was frustrated that he still wanted a son when I was there. He already had me to play ball and PlayStation with. Why did he need a son for that? I got this. My parents would go on to have two sons and one more daughter, and I guess I just had to shove my feelings down. It just hit me right now that that's probably the reason why I always felt that I wasn't enough, that I have to do more because I got that impression. Anyway, it's not, it's not the point. The point is that I think Gianna was on her way to blazing the trail for little girls to follow their passion and their dreams in a world where girls are viewed weak and not enough. And that thought resonated with me hard. But again, that joy that I talked about that my father had playing with me, that didn't go away until the rest of my siblings were born. He always loved spending the little downtime he had with his kids. And he was a busy man. He, he was, well, still is an, a workaholic. Of course, I wouldn't realize this until I looked back at some of the many home videos I took. There's this one video of us, again in the living room, both of us sitting on the couch while the two boys were running around with the basketball. We would take turns shooting this tiny basketball, this makeshift basket. It was, it was fun. It was delightful to watch. That joy is what I imagine he's still trying to get a hold of, even now as four of us have grown and have now moved back here in the Philippines. He makes sure to call one of us every single day just to ask how we're doing, any one of us, except me. And it's not because he'd forgotten about me. It's not, this is not me blaming him. It's because without saying a word, I sent the message that I want to be left alone. Sad as it is, I appreciate that they seem to be respecting my wishes. Even if I haven't really expressed it. You know what I mean? Because somehow through all this, I still find it very hard to express what I'm feeling to them. I mean, there are the highs and the hillows here and there, but to this day, I don't think they know exactly what it is that I'm feeling because I haven't spoken up. To be fair, they tried asking me what was wrong before I left Kuwait. It was back in... Back around February last year, when I took more than a week off from work because I, I burned out. And I... I did not tell them what was going on, but I guess they noticed. And one day, they came into my bedroom and just tried to have a conversation. I know I, I had, I have so much to say back then, but at that moment, I just couldn't. I just cried literally like, like a baby. I, I wailed because it felt too much. And that's all I could do. I... For some reason, I just can't tell them how I really felt. And that's a moment that I will probably never forget because that was one of the very few times that I saw my father cry 
course, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell what was going on through his mind, but he just gave me a hug, and I felt him crying. But yeah, fast forward to today that I'm now living away from them. I still battle with the same difficulty. I can't even begin to describe how hard it is to trudge through emotions that have kept me company for almost my entire life. What makes it harder is having to imagine what they'd feel when I finally let them know that I'm hurting because of them. And I wish this episode would go just the way I think everyone hopes it would go. That perhaps after recording this, maybe I will have the courage to power through and have that talk. But I just don't know if I'm ready yet. Maybe I will. Because it's his birthday. Probably just to greet him a happy birthday at least. But I don't know. This is how I know I've hit a wall. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Um, but something tells me, however I do decide to approach this, it's okay. Whether I have the talk now or choose to wait a little longer. Not until I'm ready, because we all know I'll never be ready. But at least until I'm centered enough again to handle whatever comes. Because right now I'm just, I'm just not there. And it's okay. It's okay to miss my father as much as I'm missing him now, and yet feel like I'm not ready to talk to him yet. It's okay to miss him and still feel resentment towards how I was brought up. It's okay to feel like it's not okay to feel this way on his birthday. It's this acceptance of the duality of my experience as a human being that allows me to view my father through the lens of compassion, kindness, and love, to see that he was, after all, doing his job as a father the best way he knew how, although it ended up hurting me, that though flawed, he loves us in his own way, that parents can love us and still hurt us at the same time. And I think it's, this is something that we humans have a hard time navigating. As humans, we have this tendency and sometimes this urgency to be laser-focused on just one thing. It's like we believe that we can't be two things at once. And if you feel bitterness towards someone, and that to your parents, you can't go around saying that you love and respect them and that you miss them. But I do. Who's to say that I don't? I love them. I do. And at the same time, I'm still having to deal with the effects of being brought up the way I was. I miss them. But these days, I've come to lean into setting boundaries because it contributes to my healing. Kobe's passing was a reminder that I have to forgive, not because it's what's expected of me, but because I cannot bear the thought of losing anyone else in my life without saying I love them, because I do. 
So maybe I will call them after this, not because I'm expected to, but because I want to. And because, strangely enough, I feel better. <laughs> a lot better, actually. I feel good. Again, I think this is a testament to how vulnerability enables you to manage difficult emotions and how it guides you to doing things in a more wholehearted and genuine manner. Difficult emotions are, after all, just energy in motion. That's not mine. I borrowed it from Brene Brown, but I'm going to use it here because I've seen it in action. And now I know that you have agency over it. You can do with it as you see fit. You can shove it down as long as you need to, or you can allow it to move through you and to guide you into doing things that will help you grow. The thing is you have a choice. You are more powerful than you give yourself credit for. And I know you hear it being said a lot and all around you, but when you're in the thick of the situation, I know how hard it is to see that. But again, you've got this. Even if I have to say it every single episode, because I believe you, you do, you do got this. Where am I going with this? Time check. It's 6.09 p.m. And I don't know if this episode will cut it for me, but I have this urge to just post it, to just put it out there. Because if there's one thing that I advocate for through this... Well, what is happening outside? Anyway, if there's one thing that I advocate for through this podcast, it's it's acknowledging that we're human. It's giving a voice to the things that we most of the time choose not to talk about. It's leading with vulnerability, knowing that it is the birthplace of love and belonging. Again, that's not mine. Again, that's Renee Brown's. But in case it's not obvious yet, she's my hero. Um, but yeah, I I can barely remember everything that I talked about on this episode. But what I do remember is the feeling of being vulnerable and showing up anyway. Because you'll never know whom you can touch just by speaking your truth. And I say this because this past week, the last few days, I've received messages from certain people telling me that they resonated with some of the things that I've shared on here. And I can't help feeling validated and that it's a confirmation of the vision that I am holding on to going forward with this podcast. You know that feeling of knowing that you were able to make certain people feel less alone and that too just by showing up as your flawed messy self that's something that i would love to have more of and this is not to say that i've 
already overcome certain fears. I mean, I go in on these episodes scared every single time. But what I'm saying is that knowing that I'm able to connect with people through my stories makes it all worthwhile. So I just want to say thank you to all those who have sent me messages to let me know that they've really been listening and that they see parts of themselves in my stories. It it means a lot to me. You have no idea. And needless to say, it's very encouraging. So again, thank you. So yeah, let this go down in the books as episode four. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate you guys um, staying and listening to my thoughts and feelings, even if they seem like they they don't have any direction. Again, thank you. And um, I want to say I hope that you'll still be on the other side for the next episode. But before that, I hope I can come up with another episode at least but yeah here's to to doing the best we can this week again we got this we're all in this together thank you and good night